In this episode, we're going to talk about building a relationship with God, talking about how I've done it and how I would recommend people to do it. So with that being said, welcome to the official first episode of The Imperfect Podcast. So in my introduction episode, I mentioned that I would do a Q&A, but I decided to switch that up. For my my church, um, my, my church is called the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden in Upper Marble, Maryland. When my pastor, Pastor Jenkins, does Bible study, he ends the session with a Q&A opportunity. Or throughout the uh, throughout Bible study, there will be like an online link to ask questions, send in questions throughout the lesson. And at the end, he finishes off by answering a few questions. So that's what I'm going to do. Instead of having a designated Q&A episode, I'm going to post something on my story asking for questions or even if there's any comments or anything or if people personally DM me. I'll just start every episode going forward with uh, Q&A, just answering any questions that I get. So I got two questions last time I asked. The first one is, what is my favorite Bible verse? My favorite Bible verse is Psalm 37.4. It says, light yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the, the desires of your heart. Another one that I like is Jeremiah 29.11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So the first one, Psalm 37.4, I like that because I found it to be true. Many times when I dedicate my times towards God, I actually do see better things happening in my life. I feel more positivity happening. I feel more success happening in my life. So that's something that I just like to live by because I know when I live by that Bible verse, then there's a good chance that my days will be better. And Jeremiah 29, 11, that just, that's just something that I look at for long-term reference. I know sometimes I get doubts about my future. Sometimes I question, am I doing the right thing? Is this where I'm supposed to be going? And I kind of connect those two Bible verses together. I'm delighting myself in the Lord by doing this podcast and with other um, activities in my life. And I know that giving my time to God, doing what I know is right in my faith, will lead me down the right path in my life. That's why I like those two Bible verses. Second question is, do I watch any Christian YouTubers? And if so, who? So the answer is no, I don't. But I will say this. In my journey, my faith, I have spent time watching like sermons on YouTube, Bible study videos on YouTube from my church and other churches. Like I said, my church, First Baptist Church of Glen Arden, they post their um, they post Sunday services on their YouTube page and the Bible study videos. So what I used to do in during the pandemic in 2020, what I would do to dedicate some of my time and my day towards God is I would watch at least one sermon on my church's YouTube channel and they tend to be anywhere from 25 minutes to even two hours I've pretty much gone through my church's entire YouTube page and almost watched every sermon that they have uploaded one of the ones that I like the most is called leave the honey alone I'm actually gonna dive into that in a future episode but uh, you know I'm not even gonna talk about it. I'm gonna save the details for later I also follow like Christian content creators on Instagram and TikTok. Two of my favorites are It's Dominique and Ariel Fitzpatrick. 
uh, during the pandemic, there was a point where I was on TikTok and everything on my For You page was Christian related and it's kind of annoying to be honest with you. But one of the people is Dominique. I really liked her because post these Bible trivia videos, I think she has over 400 and I would participate in them. Like she'll ask a question, there's a little timer and you answer and she'll reveal the answer. I would get almost all of her questions right and that taught me like, yo, I know the Bible. Like. I need to stop doubting myself. I know I know what I'm talking about, so I know I'm doing something right. And Ariel Fitzpatrick, I like her because she got some real funny skits. And sometimes their skits will like lead you into reading your Bible. Like sometimes she posts these skits where she's like, "My reaction when I read blah blah blah," and then that led me to go go like, "Yo, what is the Bible? What does this Bible verse say?" But I realized, yo, she just made me want to read the Bible. So that's something that just like helps me go read my Bible, help me stay consistent. So shout out to both of those people. All right, now getting into building a relationship with God. This is actually a topic that someone asked me to talk about. So let's go and get into that. I'm going to talk about building a relationship with God in a way that I recommend and the way that I do it and I've done it. So let's start with the way that I recommend. So in order to start building your relationship with God, there's two things you have to do. That's pray and read your Bible. There's no relationship with God or life as a Christian if you don't have consistent prayer time and consistent time reading your Bible. Praying is a time where you talk to God or talk with God and God somewhat talks back to you. It's a time to gain clarity, gain understanding. And also, I'd say it's also a time to vent as well. Reading your Bible helps you to understand what to pray for. Reading your Bible will help you understand what God wants from you and how to be a better person. So let's start with reading the Bible. If you've never read the Bible or even if you've read the Bible before and you just need help finding a place to start or a place to gain consistent routine, a consistent routine for reading your Bible, then there's a few different ways you could start. The first way is start a Proverbs. Proverbs teaches you about wisdom and what God wants you to be able to understand through his eyes. It pretty much tells you how God wants you to use your wisdom and how to gain it and also how to obey his commands. I always hear my pastor say, there's something in the Bible for everything. Like for example, there's something in the Bible that talks about drugs, there's something in the Bible that talks about relationships, something in the Bible that talks about loving others. I found that to be true and there's a lot of those lessons in the book of Proverbs. Another way you could start is through the four Gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the Bible in the New Testament. They all tell the story of Jesus through their through their point of view, but they all have different details. Like for example, one book may talk about how Jesus turned water into wine and maybe a short recent paragraph maybe while the other will give a long detailed passage and description of how Jesus did that and the importance of it so those are four good books to start with and also it'll show you how you should walk in the footsteps of Jesus another good way is to start at Psalms Psalms it's in my opinion it's like poetry and also like actual songs there's a lot of songs a lot of prayers they're all kind of ways to express yourself to God, whether it's about expressing your complaints and stress to God or expressing your thanks to God. There's many different psalms for different topics, and it's a pretty long book. 
So maybe don't start with that one. But at the same time, I think it's a good place to start. Another place you could start is to go in chronological order and start Genesis 1-1. I know I did that in 2020. I'll get into that a little bit later. But I read the first few books of the Bible, starting with Genesis. Honestly, with this method, I didn't last that long. I think I ended at Deuteronomy. But if you want to learn the whole book of the Bible in chronological order, then go ahead and start Genesis 1-1. There's nothing wrong with that. Now let's talk about how to pray. Certain pastors, certain preachers, they'll say there's a certain way you have to pray. There's a certain um, order way you pray. I don't think there's like a set script for what you have to pray. This is the way I would recommend that you pray. So in a prayer, you want to confess your sins. Even though God already knows about your sins, you want to confess that you know you're wrong for what you did. It may shame you, but that's the point of prayer. You're being vulnerable and admitting that you were wrong to God. Another thing you want to do is give things to God. If you had a good day, thank God. If uh, you had good food, thank God. If you got a good paycheck, thank God. Just make sure you show your thanks to God through the good and through the bad times. Never forget that when something good is happening for you, to thank God in a prayer. And when he gives you something that you prayed for, make sure you thank him. Ask for clarity as well. If there's something you don't know about, ask for clarity on your situation. When you ask for things in a prayer, you're not going to hear a literal verbal response. Now, don't get me wrong. You may actually hear a verbal voice say something, but what you need to understand is the voices you hear can come from God or could come from the devil. That's why you want to read your Bible, because you want to be able to decipher what voices, what messages come from God, what messages come from the devil. And it may not be a literal voice, it may be a sign. Let's say you're in college and you're in a major that you're struggling with, you don't really like, and you need to decide, am I supposed to ride through my college career struggling through this major, or should I switch majors into something that's more fitting for myself? And you're going to want to look for signs, signs like mental stress from your schoolwork, struggling to understand what you're learning. Those may be signs from God that are telling you it's time to move on. It's time for a change. So don't just listen for the actual voice. Look at natural things happening in your life, the things aligning in your life, and go from there. Also in your prayer, you want to bring your troubles and doubts to God. If you have a problem with something that's happening in your life, tell God about it. My pastor once said, don't complain about God, complain to God. Because when you do that, he'll show you why something is happening, or he'll make your situation better. And he may do that. He may put you in a bad situation in order to teach you to come to him to ask for something better. It's all about God trying to strengthen you and your relationship with him through everything that he does in your life. Also, be specific in your request to God. And don't be afraid to say something that may seem crazy. Now, when I say that, I don't mean pray and ask God for a billion dollars and expect a billion dollars to magically appear in your bank account. Now you may ask God for a billion dollars and then over time he's going to align things in your life to lead you to be a billionaire years down. He's not going to magically make things happen just because you ask. He's not a genie. What's going to happen is you ask for a billion dollars He's going to help you get good grades in college where you get a good paid job. 
that you make money off of and you're going to take that money and invest in, let's say, real estate or stocks. And that over time, in years to come, you're going to develop the money to end up becoming a billionaire. That's how God works. That's a scenario. You have to work hard to get to the end goal. And that's really what God is trying to teach you. But either way, he's not going to deny you for a crazy request as long as it's in line with his plans for you and as long as it glorifies him. You also have to believe in what you prayed for. If you if you prayed for success in your life and you just go with the mindset that I prayed for this, but I don't really think it's going to happen, then it's not going to happen. You have to put faith in the fact that there's a chance that God is going to give you what you asked for. You also have to consistently pray. Something I like to do is pray as soon as I wake up before I pick up my phone and check my notifications. Now, when I do it, I'm not going to lie, I'm sleepy sometimes. There's times when I've fallen asleep again in the middle of praying as soon as I've woken up. But bottom line is, make sure that's the first thing you do when you wake up. And right before you go to sleep, pray as well. Those are two Those are two times right there to help you pray consistently every day. That doesn't mean those are the only two times you should. If something's on your mind and you're like, I need to talk to God about this, don't be afraid to go into prayer wherever you are. Having those two set times every day can help keep up a consistent routine with praying. Like I said before, the Bible will help you understand what to pray for and help you understand what he wants from your life. So understand what's in God's will and understand what the right thing is to pray for. Don't pray and ask God to do something bad to somebody you don't like because that's not going to happen. And if anything, worse things might happen to you than that per than to that person. If anything, pray for that person. Pray for your enemies. Pray for people you don't like. Pray for strangers. Pray for your friends. Pray for good things to happen to people. If you do that, then you'll develop the mindset of loving others and respecting others no matter what. If you go with the mindset of not liking other people, especially when you don't know much about them, then your judgment is going to be clouded by negative thoughts. And also pray for forgiveness. Like I said, confess your sins, confess that you were wrong, and ask for forgiveness. Yes, Jesus forgave your sins when he died on the cross, but you kept sinning. We kept sinning after that. So we need to understand that we were wrong and we want to be forgiven. And even after you ask for forgiveness, you need to do your best to not make that same mistake again. You might make the same mistake again, but having the mindset of, I'm going to try to do better. I'm going to do my best to resist. Eliminating your mistakes, that's progress in your relationship with God and progress as a person. Now let's get into my ways of growing relationship with God. My personal journey, how I did it, how I still do it. Let's get into Nate's journey. So going back to the Bible, when I started, I did the method of starting from Genesis 1-1. But here's why I messed up. I read the Bible just to say I read the Bible. I felt I had the mindset that if I do this amount of Bible reading, this amount of time with God, then I've done a good amount of time to earn blessings in my life. And that was the wrong mindset because I was reading the Bible just flying over words, not even remembering what I read. I read all of Genesis just to say, yo, I read the whole book of Genesis. I read the whole book of Exodus. I read Genesis through Deuteronomy. And that's not right because the point of reading the Bible is to learn. So what I started doing is I went online and I uh, thought about things in my life that I knew I needed to fix. 
One of them was anger. I literally went to Safari and typed in, what does the Bible say about anger? And I found this website called openbible.info and it had different verses that mentioned the word anger and has other verses that have similar context in the means of anger. But what I did is I opened my Bible, went to those verses, and I highlighted them, I read them, I read the passages around them, and I also read the footnotes. Those are two things I recommend to do. When you read the Bible, highlight the verses that stand out to you, and make sure you read the footnotes. And after you do that, there's two things you need to do. Or think, my, my bad. Two things you should do. One is once you highlight them, write it down maybe in your notes app or in a journal somewhere. Somewhere you'll remember. Write them down. Write down a good list of verses that you've highlighted that good list of verses that stand out to you, mean something to you. And the second thing to do is you can do it either when you write the Bible verse down or you can come back. You can go through each Bible verse. You can write down what the Bible, what is happening in that Bible verse at that time that's written, what you learned from the footnotes, and your interpretation of it and how it's important to you. Me personally, I made a long list of Bible verses that stood out to me in my notes app. And then I'd say a few months later, I came back, went through each one of them and deciphered each of them. And I did that so that, number one, I can show myself that I know what this verse is talking about. I learned an important lesson from it. And number two, for future reference, if I'm struggling with something and I have a Bible verse written down that I know can help me with it, I can come back to it, read it for inspiration, for help, and things like that. And recently, something that I've, I've done when I read the Bible I don't know if it works for anybody else. I've never heard anybody else talk about it. Never heard anything else about it on social media. But I found it kind of supernatural. What I would do is, if I'm in a moment where I know I'm struggling with something, like if I'm feeling depressive thoughts in my mind, and I know I need to read my Bible to help me, I'll literally just pick up my Bible and open it, and there will literally be a passage right there related to depressive thoughts or doubts. And it's worked for me multiple times, and I find it really crazy. When you're a Christian, and when you understand how God works, crazy things are going to happen. So I stopped calling it crazy, and I found it as God talking to me. Something that kept happening to me when I did it is I would consistently open to the same verse. And in my mind, I'm like, nah, I opened to the same verse. Let me open it. Again. Let me keep opening the Bible again so I hit a random verse that's related to something that I need help with. What I learned is... I kept opening to the same verse because God was telling me, you need to get this through your head. You're just reading it and brushing it off. It's a verse or it's a lesson that I need to ingrain in my mind in order to grow. Then you'll stop seeing this verse consistently. Now going to my method of praying, I pretty much knew what I already told y'all earlier. Everything I said, I do. What I didn't mention is to consistently pray for the things you ask for. If you're praying for a good grade on your test that you have coming up in maybe like two weeks, and if you've been studying over time, you've done your due diligence of what you're supposed to do in order to help yourself get a good grade, and you're praying to God consistently about it, 
then it's gonna happen now that's not saying if you pray for something once it's not god isn't going to give you what you ask for but if you consistently pray about something it shows god that you really care about it and it's something really important that you know is going to benefit you and you understand that it's something that god wants for you to happen another thing i didn't mention is believing in what you prayed for i actually have a really good story about this so mark 11 24 to 25 says therefore i tell you whatever you ask in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours and whenever you stand praying forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses see i said in the last episode i wasn't going to use many bible verses but i did say i was going to use some so here's the first time but anyway what i got from that is literally believe in what you prayed for believe that god's going to do what you ask for and just give it time but verse 25 is something that's really important it's saying forgive because you also need forgiveness and how are you going to get forgiveness if you can't forgive someone else that's done you wrong so here's my story last year 2022 i ended off a friendship that was really important to me and it was a messy ending and over time i didn't think about it much but I had some guilty conscience that told myself I was the reason why it happened. So one day I did my little weird version of reading the Bible and I opened my Bible to Mark 11, 24 to 25. And immediately after I did that, I went in prayer and I thought of, there are a few people I know I need to forgive for things that they did to me. So I forgave them, but then that one friend that I had ended things with came to my mind and I said I should forgive them because while I felt I was wrong I felt that they were also wrong too how do I just text someone and say I forgive you for what you did to me that's that's not right I ended up texting my youth pastor in my church um Reverend Jonathan Queen and I told him about the situation and I told him about the Bible verse about the uh, ended friendship, but I also told him about how I had remembered the sermon how I mentioned earlier in this episode. I mentioned the sermon called Leave the Honey Alone by my pastor. So Samson was someone in the Bible that was given supernatural strength by God, and God told him not to, God told him to stay away from corpses, and also his hair was what gave him his powers. So Samson had killed a lion and he had taken honey from the dead corpse of a lion, which was disobedient to God. And he eventually married a Phil Philistine woman that had eventually cut his hair off in his sleep, which took his powers away. And basically the lesson leave the honey alone means stay away from things that aren't good for you. Stay away from things that God told you to leave, to leave in your past. So what I struggled with is, do I forgive someone in my past or will going back to someone in my past damage me because I didn't obey God of leaving the honey alone? So I talked to my youth pastor about it. He told me the question you need to ask is whether or not you apologizing will be opening up the doors for something else because if it's just an apology and you can continue to stay focused on what you moved away from, but if you also believe the relationship can be restored and trust God in that matter as well. And also a little shout out, he's also the one that encouraged me to share what God is showing me. 
back to the topic, he also said apologizing allows you to free yourself from whatever is holding you back. So from that, I took that I need to go ahead and apologize. So the crazy thing that happened is I went to find his friend's phone number. There was a message there that I hadn't seen. This is happening in about February 2023. And they sent a message in November 2022 already apologizing to me. Going back to the beginning of this story, I said I wanted to forgive this person, but I didn't know how to just say I forgive you. So going through my prayer to God, forgiving people, going through the Bible verse, talking to my youth pastor, that led me to this moment where I had an opportunity to forgive. I said that I don't know how to how I'm going to forgive them, but I did my due diligence and God provided me a way to forgive. That's that's a story that I just wanted to share that displays the power of prayer and the power of doing what you're supposed to do as a Christian. God will open opportunities for you even when you don't know how to open them. Once again, shout out to Reverend Jonathan Queen for that help through my situation. Now, moving on to other ways of how I've built my relationship with God. I knew that there were things in my life that were creating demonic distractions um, between things I see on social media, movies I watch, music I listen to. I knew I had to eliminate those distractions. And starting with music, I'll have a whole separate episode for maybe two episodes for music. But I knew something heavy in my life was secular music. Um, if you know me, you know my favorite artist is The Weeknd. And over time, I've come to acknowledge that that is not a good thing for me. There's many demonic spirits around that man. He's openly worshipped the devil. And I recognize him, along with other artists I listen to, have to go away. And I've... It's funny because I told myself before, I know I need to eliminate secular music from my life, but that's going to be the biggest sacrifice because I love music so much and I've built my music taste around secular music. Over time, as you build your relationship with God, you're going to... You're going to get convictions. You're going to feel guilty about listening to certain music. Like, for example, like with The Weeknd, he has a song called Faith, where he literally says, I lost my faith. I lost my faith. I'm losing my religion. I had to realize, what am I reciting? What am I, what am I listening to? The voice I use to sing the song is the same voice I use to pray to God. That's not a good thing to do. So... What I've done is I haven't completely eliminated secular music from my life. And like I said before, it's going to take a while. But what I have done is I incorporated Christian rap into my life. A little bit of gospel music, but mostly Christian rap. Starting in 2020, which I, when I kind of started developing my uh, relationship with God, I made sure that I started my day off with some sort of Christian-related music. At the time, I was listening to Will McMillan, and I was listening to his album. Something I like to do with music is just leave it on repeat, whether it's an album or a song. But he has this album called My Story. So I had that on repeat for a while, but then after that, I would like go back into my secular music. Over time, I've found more Christian music that I liked. Like I said, I'm going to save the topic of music for a different episode. Another thing I did during 2020 and going forward is... 
I mentioned it earlier in my little Q&A, but I will watch a sermon on YouTube um, from my church. I would make sure I dedicate time in my day to watch that um, watch that sermon, watch different sermons. Of course, on Sundays, I would watch church online. I, like I said earlier, I ran through pretty much every sermon that was on my church's YouTube channel. It was to the point where I was re-watching to make sure I learned and I knew what my pastor was talking about. But I also found other um, churches that have online sermons pretty much with the pandemic. Everybody started posting online sermons. But I started expanding. Um, I found Pastor Mike Todd, Pastor Steve Furtnick. Let me make sure that name is right. Steve, Stephen Furt, Stephen Furtick. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, another pastor, I don't remember his name. Let me find it real quick. Okay, I found him. Um, the YouTube channel is called Life.Church. The pastor's name is Craig Groeschel. So I found him too. Something I started doing this year, 2023. Actually, no. Last year, 2022, I started doing this. I started watching my church's Bible studies. Uh, they also had those, the past ones uploaded on YouTube, but... I started watching them live. It's every Tuesday. I started watching those as a way to incorporate more time in my uh, time in my day dedicated towards God. Something else that's helped me is changing up my mindset. The Bible says to be slow to anger, and I know there are many times when I quickly get angry about some things. Like I'll have times where the smallest things may make me mad. I'll let that overcome me, and I've seen I. Th- I think I read in a Bible verse. It basically said, sin, not sin, anger allows sin to overtake your mind and have negative thoughts. Now, when it comes to slowing down my anger, I just had to realize not everything is supposed to make me mad. Not everything is bad. There are little things that shouldn't make me mad. I had to tell myself, like, Nate, you're a grown man. You can't have these small little inconveniences damaging your mindset and damaging your day i also realized that i should not be complaining about anything when it comes to my life i know i've been blessed with many things other people don't have i have two loving parents and a sister and three dogs along with the rest of my family i live in a great house really recording this on my own macbook i have an iphone 13 i got good clothes i eat good food i have a nice car I have good friends. There's homeless people. There's people that have to walk or take ride their bike to places because they can't afford a car. There's people that can't afford to eat three meals a day. People with no parents at all. There's people with toxic friends, toxic boyfriends and girlfriends. There's people that have to work so much harder to get the things that I have than I've had to work. So instead of complaining, I've developed the habit of thanking God for things I have, like... Sometimes when I'm driving, I literally think, thank, thank you, God, for giving me the ability to drive and giving me this car. Night food, saying grace, it may sound cliche, but saying your grace is really a good way of like actually thanking God for what you have in front of you. I thank God, at times I just really thank God for having the parents that I have that work hard to give me a comfortable life. I thank God for, really, I randomly thank God for having the trustworthy friends that I have and the people that I've met over my life. So developing a habit of thanking rather than complaining is something that will help you develop a positive mindset and grow your relationship with God. Something else that you got to recognize that you have to do is recognize who is good for you, who isn't. Whether it's your friends, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, 
recognize who you need to cut off. I'm not saying you have to completely cut them off, but maybe you should limit your time around them. Maybe you should remove yourself from certain groups at times because who you hang around, who you associate yourself with is literally who you are also going to be. If you're around a bunch of people that curse a lot, you're going to be cursing a lot too. If you're around a bunch of people that are lazy and tend to not get their work done on time, you're going to be the exact same. If you're around a group of people that consistently go to the gym, you're going to be motivated to go to the gym consistently too. If you're around a group of people that eat healthy, you're going to also be someone that eats healthy. So putting yourself around the right people, having the right group of friends, that's something that's going to help you to grow as a person as well. And speaking on growing in relationship with God, if you surround yourself with Christians, consistent Christians, not lukewarm Christians, surround yourself with good Christians that are somewhat similar to you, you'll also be motivated to grow in your relationship with God. Don't be afraid to stay away from situations that you know will harm you. If you know you need to stay home because maybe your friends are going somewhere that you don't want to go, you know isn't good for you or isn't good for your mindset, then don't be afraid to do things like that. Be, Don't be afraid to be different. I feel like today, being religious is being different. I mentioned in the introduction episode, it's not popular for people my age, 20-year-olds, to be religious. People get clowned for that. People get made fun of for that all the time. But don't be afraid of judgment. Don't be afraid of being different. I know that's something that's held me back in my life, and it's something I'm trying to break through. And through this podcast, it's actually helping me do that. So I'm thankful for having the ability to do this podcast. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Another Q&A will go up on the story asking more questions. If you stuck around this far, thank you for staying with me. My name is Nate Estrada. This is the Imperfect Podcast, and I'll see you next episode.